0: here. Amen. I'm going to just talk to you tonight. I I really am. That's my plan to just almost for a little bit, it's going to seem like rambling. You know, there was a song I used to sing. It said, I was born a rambling man. (laughs) But since my my father wasn't a gambler in Georgia that wound up on the wrong end of the gun, I guess I can't sing that one. But it's true that for just a little bit, I'm I'm just going to ask you. I was going to say I need you to, but you know what you need. I'm going to ask you just to pay real, real close attention. Somebody's got to go out. Just let them go. If somebody sneezes or something, carry on. Just let it go. And just, just stay real, real close tuned here or the enemy could steal this from you. I'm going to do a little rambling and we're going to glue it all together right there at the end. So I'm just asking you to stay with me. We're going to go to the word of the Lord and this is a red letter word. Jesus is speaking according to Matthew's recollection the 25th chapter 33rd verse and he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left what sounds scary doesn't it in the context of judgment and eternity is the setting he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on his left on the left and I want to just teach, talk, preach whatever this turns into I know the Lord's in it keep right keep right I know it sounds like a street sign or a road sign or a construction sign but I just want to preach to you and teach to you and talk to you for a little bit. Keep right. Look at your neighbor and say, get right and keep right. Now let's just thank him for his anointed word. We thank you, Jesus. Let us hear it and understand it and respond in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Keep right. Amen, I'm excited, I love home Bible study type settings and someone called me the other day or maybe it wasn't a phone call, maybe it was a text and asked me if I'd done Bible studies and so uh, I am gearing up for one of my most favorite things to do and that is go one on one or one on eight or ten small setting in Bible study and I'm getting excited about that so pray for me. In this verse, we see the Lord is separating the uh, the people that will make it into eternity happily forever and those that won't, and he makes a comparison. We're all his sheep. We're not his goats. Amen. Amen. Chris, good to see you. I met you when I was on my way to church, and I rebuked you. Because you're going the wrong way. <laughs> I love you. I'm, I'm, I'm just piddling with you now. I prayed for you, though. Amen. It's good to see you and Kaylee. Hope y'all had a good time. Amen. Uh, but in this particular setting, y'all don't get down in the grubs or nothing. I told you, we're going to ramble a little bit, and we're gonna, it's going to be good. Uh, so the Lord is separating. He, he says that he's going to put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. Now this tells me two things. It tells me that uh, in this scriptural context of life and the preparation for eternity that the sheep and the goats were running together. They're herded up together at the, at the time of dividing. They're pasturing together. lets me know and reminds me that everything that's at church ain't in church. And sometimes, people that's in church ain't at church. <laughs> that's just y'all, just, y'all just get over me for, for a minute. Uh, there are only a couple of places in Scripture where left, where the, the word left, uh, besides it being uh, a setting where it, it has absolutely no meaning to, to anything we'll be talking about, There's there's no place in Scripture where left is really a positive word in the Bible. It's it's just not, uh, and I'm going to prove that to you here in just a few moments. And the Bible tells us that both David and his son sought out the middle ground of the church. And watch this, two different churches, two different times. David had a place where he was having church, and then Solomon would build a church, and and that would be a church. That would be a tabernacle, if you will. And so the Bible teaches us and and leads us to know and understand that David sought out the middle ground. He sought out the middle ground of people. He sought out the middle ground of of righteousness. He, He wanted to be right in the middle. Uh, The same could be said about Solomon and in both of these men's lives in their respected church buildings if you will one was kind of far from a building the other one definitely made up the difference but the middle ground the Bible called that hallowed ground. It It was the special place. And so We know a few things, and I'll just share this with you. We know that the mercy seat was in the middle of the Ark of the Covenant. It was in the middle. The bloodstain from the sacrifice was in the middle. That ever-burning flame of God's Spirit, before we knew the Holy Ghost as the Holy Ghost, the Shekinah glory, It was truly the essence and a manifestation of God and His power in a box during the Old Testament times. And God chose to be represented in the middle. In the middle. Just hold that for a moment. And we know that the ark was in the middle of two angelic like carvings, it was in the middle. And so maybe we start to understand why the middle is hallowed ground. But now listen to what 2 Samuel 6 and verse 2 says. David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, that dwelleth between the cherubims. When you look the word up, between, it means... In the middle, right between two angelic beings. So when God was on the move, he was moving in the middle. When Solomon built a permanent house for the Lord, hear the process in 1 Kings 6, 21 through 27. So Solomon overlaid the house within with pure gold and he made a partition by the chains of of gold before the oracle and he overlaid it with gold and the whole house he overlaid with gold until he had finished all the house also the whole altar that was by the oracle he overlaid with gold and within the oracle he made two cherubims of olive tree each 10 cubits high and 5 cubits was the one of uh, was one wing of the cherub and 5 cubits the other wing of the cherub From the uttermost part of the one wing unto the uttermost part of the other were ten cubits. And the other cherub was ten cubits. Both the cherubims were of one measure and one size. The height of the one cherub was ten cubits, and so was it of the other cherub. And he set the cherubims within the inner house. What house? The inner house. When you study that, that was in the middle. And they stretch forth the wings of the cherubim so that the wings of the one touch the one wall, and the wings of the other cherub touch the other wall. And their wings touch one another in the middle of the house. The Bible says, Midst. Its meaning again is middle. There's something safe about being in the middle. There's something safe about it, and I think we see uh, God's hand and God's word in that. When the Lord chose the way that he would come and die for humanity, he died in the middle of two thieves between them. One would reach out and call to be saved. The other one would curse him and deny him. And by all of the knowledge we can have or assume, he would have been lost. But God was in the middle. Not only was he in the middle, he was also in the middle between heaven and earth. The Bible said he was suspended between. The middle is a safe place. It's a safe place. The cross was in the middle. The saved on one side, the lost on another by choice. Jesus in the middle. He's suspended between heaven and earth somewhere in the middle. Now, I'm going to jump to something that's going to sound totally crazy because it's just totally going to go away from that. That's why I told y'all we was just going to call this rambling for a little bit. But, Paul is teaching Timothy how to lead the church. It's the New Testament church. It's after Acts 2. It's after the Spirit of the Lord has come to live and dwell and lead mankind, each for his own experience, not through the priesthood, not through uh, an altar of repentance under somebody else's authority. But now the veil has been uh, torn from top to bottom. The Lord has died. He has ascended into heaven. He's sent back his spirit that we know as the Holy Ghost and they're having church. Paul is the senior pastor, if you will. And Timothy now is is getting ready to, to take the thing on his own. And very quick Obviously into the ministry Matter of fact it's in the first writing to Timothy And just right in very quickly into the second chapter Listen to what Paul tells Timothy In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel With shamefacedness and sobriety not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh woman, women professing godliness with good works. Now, there's a statement made right there in 9 that, that should call us, cause us all to check in for just a few moments because Paul tells Timothy, in like manner also that women adorn themselves In modest apparel. So, in the New Testament, the word modest. Now, watch it. We're not fixing to talk about that. We're, we're, We're getting to another something. To live modesty, modestly means no matter what you have achieved or no matter what you have failed at, living in the middle. Not above and not below, not right. And not left of others, but modestly. Now, there's a reason I don't wear a wife beater around town. I wear something about the middle of my arm. Because I feel like I have scripture for modesty. Amen? Amen? Uh, there's some people that could have a a lot of expensive things and that wouldn't be immodest but I can promise you if I show up with a $100,000 wedding band on it won't be modest. Not because of the band and not because of the jewel but at that moment I'd be on the wrong side of right. Oh well. So here's what he said. He said, you teach the women. Now, the women folks right now are going, why is it always the women? But just let me remind you, we're all the bride of Christ. And if it could be applied to a earthly woman in the flesh, it could be applied applied to a spiritual woman in the spirit. So let's just read it again. It applies to all of us in like manner also that the church adorned themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but with good works. You notice that. That middle part is added, and that's great. We need it. But the sentence could be read, but with good works. So, what is the Lord saying? If we want to be in the church, and if we want to be a part of the church, and if we want to know how to build the church, we got to do it in the middle, in modesty. Uh, You know, I, I, well, never mind, I'm going to leave it alone, because I'm going to get to some stuff at the end already. It's going to give you plenty to pick on. To live modestly just simply means we had a modest salary. What does that mean? We're just normal. We're just in the middle. We're not rich. We're not poor. Just in the middle. We're just a modest people. And we've got instruction, scriptural instruction that we should live our life fully in modesty. Now, I'm going to just say this one more time. I know I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I want you to know it's with good intent and purpose. I fully understand the the English language and, and what I'm about to say, and so I want you to just bear with me and when I say I fully understand it, this particular segment of it. I've been studying it for a bit now, and I know meanings vary, but just hear me out, and then we're going to make this a Bible thing. People ask, Are they even right in their mind? They ask that question when they think someone's troubled. That's correct. Someone says, that's not even right. Well, I know that's not a direction, but it is. Y'all all right? It's either right or wrong, not right or left. You got that? We'd say at someone's memorial service, he died right. Correct? Somebody just said that's right. <laughs> he died right. I've heard people say lots of times, Pastor, I just want to do what's right. And I've heard other people say, It's right where you left it. So now watch this. And then we're going to get into all this together. In our English language, there are words that are called positive verbiage. They fall on one side or the other. Anybody know that? I'm I'm sure everybody does. Anytime I study it and look up a definition so I can know exactly what I'm talking about, the first thing that it tells me about the English word and the way it's translated is, is, is it a positive word or is it a negative word? Okay? So I want you to know something. You may not have known this, but the word left in the balance of the English language and other languages that I find namely the Greek and the Hebrew and uh, Aramaic, what I find about the word left, when, when it's in the balance of its usage, it is a very negative word. It's a negative word. Left is negative. Same time, you look at the word right. In all the languages, it is an extremely positive word. All right, so left is bad, right is good. Left is negative, right is positive. Alright, so we're just talking language here now. So if it's right and it's considered to be positive, and left is considered to be negative, how do how do we come up with that? I mean, where where does all that come from? And a whole lot of it stems from All throughout scripture, except a sermon called uh, that I could preach, and I've never preached it, I want to someday, called the Left-Handed Soldiers, where the enemy, everybody, all the military was all trained with their right hand. One time they were all captured, and the enemy cut all their right arms off. And they had to learn to do everything they'd done with their left hand because the enemy thought, well, they'll never be able to do anything. Now they've only got a left arm. And And they were the most explosive, incredible army because God anointed them, and he took the place of their right arm. They thought the enemy thought it was just good enough to kill them, uh, take their arm off as it was to kill them. But with God, even the left can become positive. So why? Why? Why is it that way? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you have a wife? How many of you ladies feel like you have a husband, but you got to keep eye on him? I don't mean for any bad purposes. I am just mean you just got to keep an eye on him. He may drop hot grease or burn the house down or run over something. I mean, somebody's need to keep an eye on him, you know. If my mom and dad are watching, she's going. Now, I got a wife, and I've raised three daughters. We've raised three daughters. And if one of them calls me and says, Dad, Lindsay was the world's worst. Thank God for Randy. Is at the moment for certain. I mean, When it comes to this, she'd call and say, my tire light's on. Guess what my first question is? Nope. Which tire is it? Oh, we're fixing preach now. Which tire is it? Because if that car has the ability or if you can get out and look and see which tire it is, If it's a right tire that's running a little low, I'm going to say, go on and get to the next exit and put you some air in it. If it's a left rear tire, I'm going to say, go on and get to the next exit. If it's a left front tire, I'm going to say, you need to pull over. So I'm going to tell you something. When you lose your ability to maneuver and you go left, You can only go into the wrong lane. However, if you have a blowout on the right, you can either go into traffic that's going the same way as you or you go to the shoulder. But to get to a shoulder or a ditch when the left front tire blows out, you're going to come in in contact with a lot more danger and possible death and kill everybody around you. Here's the thing, that left front tire, it turns and it pulls. And nowadays with all these front-wheel drive cars, it'll also pull you quicker than a rear-wheel drive. It'll pull you left and it'll pull you left fast. Now watch this. So I always ask, so it's, it's, it's the nature of an automobile for that front wheel that's that's pulling or tracking even or being pushed that it's going to pull in that direction and so i want to just tell you that if a car pulls hard enough to the left it won't be long it will come in contact with something that was not designed for it There's nothing on the left. Road signs aren't on the left where you can read them. Speed limit signs aren't on the left where you can read them. Exit signs are not on the left. No hazard signs are on the left. The only thing over there is oncoming traffic and things that are going to be opposed to you. And I want to tell you, in living for God... When you start drawing to the left, you get ready for a collision. Every time, you can run a little bit with a low right tire and you'll survive it. You can run a little bit with a low rear tire because the front tire's already made the tracks and they're just following. But I'm going to tell you something. When you get your steering mechanism pointed left, by incident or accident, there's fixing to be a problem. Yeah. What's this? I hear people say sometimes. Well, it's uh, they've got a, uh, it's the lust of the flesh. I'm having a, an issue, Pastor. It's it's, the, it's I've got a, I've got an issue with 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 lust, and some people aren't wise enough to know that lust doesn't only mean a sensual thing. The lust of the flesh is doing anything to desire to to fix this. That's any kind of feeling. That's any kind of emotion. That's anything to settle what this needs. That's lust. That don't matter what it is. That can be at the bottom of a bottle, an extramarital affair, reading or looking or involved in something. It's the lust of the flesh. And what the lust of the flesh does is pull you left. See, we're born natural of the first man named Adam. And as soon as he got behind his proverbial car, he started going left to please. I want to tell you something. You'll make more friends if you'll go a little left. You will. Your friends will be there. They'll pat you on the back. They'll welcome you to their understanding of Scripture. They'll welcome you. You can go to Bible studies all over the country. You can go all over everywhere. You can listen to the voice of all the under-shepherds you want to listen to, and you'll find somebody that will please your lust. And that will be the best Bible study you ever heard. Let me tell you why. Because backsliding is a good natural feeling. Naturally, it's a good feeling to go left. Why? Because you're not having to fight the road. You're not having to try to stay in the proper. Somebody said, wait, I don't understand that. You talk to any backslider that's no longer dealing with conviction, they'll tell you they feel better than they've ever felt in their life. And they will because they'll be pleased in the flesh. It's when they go to bed at night when the battle starts. It's Sunday morning at 10 o'clock when the battle starts. It's Wednesday evening at 7 and Tuesday evening at 7 when the battle starts. And here's what I come to speak to you about on this Wednesday night. That Matthew 25 and 33 says, He shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. There is an eternal premise and promise that left is wrong. It's interesting that the wide open mind of modern politicians when they call, when they say conservative or right wing or or right leaning or right understanding, it's even taken on a name now that matters in world politics. Are they right or left? You know in in those two words, you follow what the left believes and line it up to your scripture you follow what the right believes and you line it up to your scripture you follow what the left believes and line it up to your family values follow what the right believes line it up to your family values I'm not talking about right off the road because you can be as lost to the right as you are to the left but here's what I want to preach to somebody it is a natural occurrence every single day of a human being's life that their vehicle is pulling to the left If you're riding a a mule, you can let go of that left rein and keep a little pressure on the right because it's natural that you're always going to be pulling to the wrong side of what God is wanting you to do. It's the nature of the flesh. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the lust of men and women to please what the flesh wants, and that's left. That's where the goats live. If you've ever got to ask... Is probably wrong. Is this too? Why are you asking? You've already got a check in your spirit that that's a little left to where you ought to be. Pastor, how do you feel about this? And then you go on to give some big long deal about how you was taught, but you wasn't sure if you ever really believed it or not or yada, yada, yada. And the fact is this. If it wasn't still bothering you, it wouldn't ever. Bother, it wouldn't bother you. You wouldn't still question it. Hell will never cause you to question. Come on, he'll just say that's good. Just keep going. Keep going. Just let go. Just let go. Jesus wants to take the wheel, but he wants your hands on it. He wants you to drive it in the middle in safety, not in the left lane. So I want to tell you something. If we want to be saved, we better get that old mule by the right rein. It always wants to pull to the left. And every time it starts veering a little bit, give it a good tug That front left tire that's pulling and guiding, when it starts leading me in the wrong direction into oncoming traffic, something's about to be in trouble. And not only am I gonna be injured, but I can destroy my fellow travelers if I don't keep a little pressure to the right side of my life. Come on, just keep right. I told a young minister a few years back, I told him there's a church. I'm familiar with the church. I'm familiar with the people in the church. They have a desire to do what's right. But in their DNA, somewhere many years ago, there was some teaching that was incorrect. And they have a tendency to stay pulling to the left all the time. If you want to come here and you want to pastor these people, you better get a hold of the right rein and just keep a good pull on the bit. Oh, I can do that. I can do that. That's not a problem. It wasn't long. You just let go. And when that rudder turns and when that animal realizes there's no bit in his mouth and that automobile realizes and recognizes and responds, it's trouble. It's trouble. It's a whole lot harder to get back in the lane you're supposed to be in Now I'm fixing to talk to you about heart issues. Because there's a lot of things in this old world, there's some things you can do and go to heaven that I'll be lost over. do you hear that? There's some things I can do and go to heaven, and you'd be lost over them. Now, what do you mean, Pastor? Sin is sin. A lot of it's direction and a lot of it's heart issue. All right, let's go. Y'all ready? There's how many of y'all just curious about what I'm about to say? How many of you just thought, what's he gonna say here? All right, let's just go there. Eleven back procedures ago, the doctor gave me a big old pile of morphine tablets. All right, we're talking 16, 17 years ago. I took them for a little while. Made my back feel a lot better, but it sure made my head feel funny. And as my back started getting better, and a few things happened that caused me to recognize... I didn't need this medication, all of a sudden an old foe popped up and said, oh, they don't feel good. Now all of a sudden I'm battling because my name's on the prescription and the doctor will give me 60 of them every month for the rest of my life if I want them. Now it's becoming a heart issue, not a back issue. No, 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 I'm not preaching against medications. Don't you take this wrong one bit. Don't go home and try to stop. You you stay in the boundaries of what your doctor's telling you. But here's what I'm going to tell you right now. You know when there's a heart issue. When you got pain medication and you run out on day 18 every month, that's a heart issue, not a pain issue. All right, y'all ready? I'm fixing to do some meddling right here. Is there anything wrong with the medicine? No. But you're letting it take you left. You're letting it move you into oncoming traffic. Watch this. I know some people, some wonderful people, some some people that we love and care for, and we go to church with them, and and they they would tell you that a glass of wine at night is good. I can't argue with those people. The Bible said it's good for the stomach. But what about that second glass? I'm not telling you the first one's okay because I know for me where the first one leads. If those people can stay within the guidelines of Scripture and they win on their heart issue, then they're going to probably be just fine. But for me, if I start sipping every night, My pints are going to turn into quarts. My quarts are going to turn into gallons, and then I'm going to decide what a glass is. Then I got a heart issue. Oh, that went over like a flock of dogs, but two or three people caught it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We're entering into a new world, folks. We just passed legislation in our nation to to cause marijuana to be legal. Watch. Watch. I've got a doctor. He's a a preacher in our organization. He's a friend of mine. I won't call his name publicly. I will tell you off camera who he is and where he's at. I didn't even know this until this conversation came up about six months ago on our national magazine. They've been prescribing a, a drug called Marinol for years. It comes from the marijuana plant. And here's what's fixing to happen. 29 states, it's already legal. It's fixing to be legalized in our nation. And there's going to be some of your doctors and some of my doctors that's going to say, oh, you've been taking all this stuff. You know, people don't mind taking a pain pill. Y'all just stay with me to the end. It comes from an opium plant. It's synthetic heroin. People die of it every day with a needle in their arm. It's addictive, and it kills more people in the United States every year than anything else does to our youth we don't mind that because our name's on the bottle but once they legalize another plant there's going to be some heart issues you just get ready here's all I'm telling so what are you saying pastor it's good or it's not good here's what I'm telling you I'm telling you that we better understand that hell has a way to slip everything in And it better when it comes down to being a heart issue. Here's the deal. Are you taking them 30 Laura tabs at a time to feel good and be energetic and be happy? Or is the pain that bad? It's legal. It's got your name on it, but it's a heart issue. Here's the problem. You got a low left tire, and if you don't deal with it now, there's a collision coming that's going to take out you and everybody in your car, and people that don't even know you will be affected. Come on. I didn't say lay around and hurt all the time. For the sake of your body and the sake of your mind, take what you need. But you better know it's a right and left issue. We all right? And it's going to happen because just like a little wine's good for the belly, what would it look like if I. Isn't, isn't that booze liquor still open? I used to see the sign all the time. And I don't guess I don't remember which one it is now. but I used to pass a place all the time called Booze Liquor. And years ago, I used to get my checks cashed when that was a thing. Now there's direct deposit and everything else in the world. People don't even do that. I used to get my checks cashed. After I got the Holy Ghost, got in the church trying to do right, and I'd go to the liquor store to cash my check. They always had cash, and they'd cash it with no questions. And and you'll still see a line on Friday. People go to the liquor store to get their check cashed. But it started to become a heart issue with me. Why? Not because I was tempted. I think I stomped on that devil's head a few times in the late 80s and early 90s. But now it's the traffic that's coming on that I'm affecting. Because when Brother Rusty walks out of the liquor store with my $92 check, come on, Here's all I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, keep right. Everything is a hard issue. See, years and years ago, everybody preached against television. Television, 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 television. I mean, it was bad with people that bring them up on the pulpits and platforms and beat them with sledgehammers like they didn't even have good brains. My goodness, give it to me. I'll make use of it, and I'm not making fun of anybody. I hope to goodness it never happened here. But I want to just tell you, I know, and I've heard, and I've felt it. Now everybody in the world's got one in their pocket. How'd that happen? Because the, because the very definition is a device that can stream live audio and video. I understand why I was preached against because it could lead to looking at things you ought not lead to and, 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 and understanding. And Rick, I, I get it, I get it a thousand times, I get it. But I can watch anything I want to right here. I've done a quick study and found out that there's 80 million pornographic websites every day if I just want to go there. So my television now is a heart issue. My medications are heart issues. When the bill comes through the Senate and everybody says, oh, it's good for for hunger, it is. I used to smoke a lot of weed. It'll make you eat like it's going out of style. And there's going to be people that's going to be challenged. Well, it'll calm me down. It helps me sleep. Okay, okay, okay. All I'm going to say is I get it. I understand if you and your doctor thinks that's the best course of action, roll with it. Wait, 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 I just felt a little, I just felt a little. So you're cool with heroin. You're cool with opium, but not a pot plant. You're cool with addiction and 66,000 overdoses every year. Am I standing up here preaching it's okay and I'm going to go out and buy me some buds? Absolutely not. I'm telling you there's things coming in the end of this world that are going to be strictly heart issues. They're not going to be right or wrong. They're going to be right or left. Oh, Somebody needs to hear me right now what I'm preaching. While our car, while our automobiles, while our churches desire to pull left and please the flesh, we got to keep a good hard pull to the right so we don't end up in a head-on collision. Sin is still sin. No matter what the doctor said, right is still right. Sheep are sheep and goats are goats. Y'all all right? Somebody hear me? When the lust of the flesh outweighs the desires of Calvary, we're getting ready for an accident. When we can't stay in the middle, and then let me just preach about right for a minute. There's some folks that are so far out there, they crash. I've got lots of close friends that have have made everything a sin and then one day they ran into something and they, they had so much guilt about it that they went all the way across the interstate after bouncing off the right rail and took about 15 families out with them. That's why I started out saying the safety is in the middle. I don't want to be right of the word of God. I don't want to be left of the word of God. I want to be in the middle. And for the sake of my family and for the sake of my neighborhood and for the sake of every other traveler in the world, I don't ever want to get so low left that I start drifting into oncoming traffic. Y'all hear me now? Yeah. Everything I've talked about here, tonight I'm talking about any medications, any of this stuff I talked about. I'm talking about I'm talking about what's right. I'm talking about what's wrong. And what I'm telling you is you better just keep a hold to the right. That pastor that I told you about, after a little while he just let things go. It wasn't long. Sunday didn't mean anything anymore. Wednesday didn't mean anything anymore. The name of Jesus didn't matter anymore. If we lived modestly, if we acted, looked, dressed, walked, talked, spoke, responded modestly down the middle, it didn't matter anymore. Today he don't have a family. His visitation rights to his children why? Why? Because he refused to just keep a little right pressure on the will. People come all the time and they say, Pastor, just a, a little bit, would that, would that hurt anything? Probably not. Probably not. You're probably going to be all right with a little bit. Here's the problem. In a year, you're going to be comfortable and you're not going to have another question about a little bit and you're going to come back and say, what about a little bit more? What about a little bit more? What, what about a little bit more? Let me tell you something, man. I said this lots of times. My wife's sitting right there. She knows it is true. We're all on the same page. The Lord made some handsome men I'm not one of them. The Lord made some beautiful women. She's one of them. But I'm going to tell you something. I made my mind up many, 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 many years ago. That one of them, when one of them real good looking ones walks by in the mall and she ain't all that modest. Rusty's head ain't going to spin. I made my mind up. If I intentionally think the Lord did a good job on that one, I ain't looking. Let me tell you why. That's what David done. He saw first, then he looked, then he was attracted, then he fell, and he went so far left it cost his best friend his life. There went a good one. Yep, move right on by. Thank you. Let me tell you something. We better get that in our minds, and we better understand that the world has some things that can please this flesh. And it'll be presented to us each and every day. We have to decide every day, am I going to steer right of that? Y'all, I'm telling you, we're coming up to a time. We're entering a new phase of time. Is our deal still going, Sister Becca, me and you? So we're right on? Okay. So I got something happening. She comes at 35 minutes now. From the time I quit reading. She's my timer. I just just want you to hear me. We're entering some times that the world has never, ever known. This right here can get you in more trouble. If I was a gambler, I'd bet more families have failed since the introduction of smartphones than in the time of history before that. I would. I'd gamble that. How? Why? Because I've got to decide how I respond. Do I make myself clear? Am I understood? Do you know exactly As a pastor, when a lady texts man has an issue or a problem or a question, at the end, I don't say I love you. I say we love you. Missy and I are praying for you. We wish the best for you, family, you and your husband. Let me tell you why, because we live in a time where anything said or done can be taken wrong, can be taken out of context. And so what do I do? turning right I'm keeping right I'm staying right well what about just a little just a a little puts me just a little closer to the line and a little bit more puts me a little closer to the line and a little bit more and I'm pulling hard and as daddy I'm driving with my family and my children, and my grandchildren, and every generation that follows me. And if I don't keep a good right pressure on the wheel, the nature of Adam will have me in a collision in just a moment. That's why it's so important that I live with a new nature. My new nature understands that running down the middle, that's that's, that's the place to be. Right down the middle of life. I got room for error on the right and a little room for error on the left. But if I keep things down the middle, I'm not battling the ditches. I'm not battling the bridge rails. Everybody all right? No, I didn't tell anybody it was okay to do anything. If that's what you gathered out of this message, come to the altar, and we'll pour all these little bottles of oil on your head. I said it's all a heart issue. It's all going to come down to a heart issue. And that's going to determine, in the end, whether you're a sheep or a goat. The sheep will be moved to the right. And I say this in closing. At the 40 minute mark. The sheep are going to be moved to the right. And the Lord's going to say to them. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler. Over many. And to those that chose to drift left. Sadly. Sadly. He's going to have to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Knew, intimate, not recognition. You were never intimate with me. You never asked my opinion. Woo! You never prayed. You never followed my word. You were, You never let me in you and you in me. And I just can't take you there. Oh, this ain't a bad message. This is a great message. I'm telling you to sharpen your mind, sharpen your thoughts. I'm telling you in the next few weeks, the next few weeks, we are going to meet challenges that we've never met. Do we realize, really? We used to think coming out of the closet meant one thing. And, you know, we were blinded by things so far beyond what we thought that meant. And the light's coming on so many things that are left. It's gotten to a point to worry about those things. You say, do what you want to do, just don't push it on me. We're trying to save our children. We're trying to save from some governor somewhere that says a 26 year old man can go out with my 13 year old daughter without parental guidance he has lost his mind come on y'all help me now these are not adult decisions anymore now the world is working on our children Let's quit. Keep right. If if you can. If you can. I don't know what side Brother Carl's hurt on. Brother Carl, you hurt on your left. I'm glad that your left is hurt. If you would, just make a fist with your right hand. Just put a little tug on the reins. and just try to veer off a little bit to where you've been living you'll hear the rumble strips if you get too far somebody will tell you let's stand together I told you